0: This is Women in Justice, and my name is Dr. Shantae James. Join me in this captivating episode as I talk with a remarkable individual who wears multiple hats. She is not only the visionary founder and president of Oaks of Central PA, but she is also passionate and an advocate dedicated to empowering and promoting the vibrant African immigrant and refugee community within the greater Harrisburg area. Tune in closely to this engaging conversation as we delve into the guest's journey, her unwavering commitment to making a meaningful impact, and the inspiring stories of transformation as she talks about the process of finding your purpose get ready to be inspired by her incredible work she's doing and the profound difference she's making in the lives of those she serves. Let me now turn the podium over to our guest as she briefly highlights her body of work as applicable to this particular conversation. Good morning, everyone. Good
1: morning to our listeners. I'm very excited to have you all here today, and I'm also very excited and humbled to be able to share a little bit about my story on this program. Thank you, Dr. James, for the invitation. My name is Christine Titi. I'm originally from Cameroon. I immigrated in the U.S. about 14 years ago. I'm a small business owner, founder of a nonprofit that is focused on women, especially immigrant women. I'm also an author of three books and a speaker. With my work as a nonprofit president and founder, I've had the privilege to come across a lot of stories from immigrant, especially immigrant women, has the struggle in the system to be able to establish themselves, to be able to build a legacy for their families, and you know, just to be able to experience those challenges that those women have shared with me has really, changed my view on a lot of things. And really, I hope we'll be able to touch on some of those uh, issues during this program.
0: Okay. I know you do a lot in the community, so I want to make sure that we cover your two lanes, I call it. So for me, looking at your lanes, I know you have the nonprofit and then you're an author and you have three books. Actually, one recently came out in March. Um, So I want to make sure first we're talking about your nonprofit and then I'm going to make sure that we kind of stop and then talk about the books. All right. So can you give us some information concerning your nonprofit and some stories, um, especially with that uh, immigrant female population.
1: Yes, thank you, Dr. James. Well, my nonprofit first started as a social service agency, so we were supporting women in the greater Ivesburg area, especially with our new mothers corner program where we were given out donated diapers and wipes, uh, wipes to new mothers but that sort of changed along the way because we came to realize that that wasn't really meeting the need of that population so what was the need the need of that population was financial stability all of most of the women that we came across had the same questions, Christine, how can I be stable financially? Christine, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. How can I start a business? How can I succeed with a business? So those were the questions that were coming to us. And we realized that, wow, this is a, a much bigger issue than, you know, just going around and distributing diapers. This is a deeper issue. This is about legacy. This is about family, uh, uh wealth, So that's how we started the Emerge HA, which is about connecting, empowering, educating, and equipping minorities, especially African immigrant women that are looking to get into business or that are already into business. So what is the basic of that program? We're trying to connect each other, you know, because we believe that the information or the struggles that one African immigrant woman is going through, the next is going to face it too. And because information is not out there, Contrary to what we've been told, that information is out there, go get it. No, for a lot of these women, it's hard to get those information. You have the language barrier. You just have understanding how the system works and other financial challenges. So we believe that when we connect these women together, they can now share their stories and share what they did to be able to be successful so that the other sisters can follow the same path.
0: So, and... In- building your organization, are you offering workshops? And then I guess the bigger picture before you answer that portion is why just focus on African immigrants? Yes. I know that's the flip. Uh, Please, everybody don't email me. (laughs) I, I, I am supposed to ask guests the hard question. So why focus? It seems like you're focusing on one specific population. Why that population?
1: Well, we're targeting generally minority women, especially Black women that are going through, that are trying to build financial stability with 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 a more closer focus on African immigrant women. Why that population? I believe, well, not only I'm an African immigrant woman, but also because I believe that that segment of the population has been ignored and it's still currently being ignored. You know, we get grouped on the women, we get grouped on the black women, which, yeah, it's right, but we also have some distinct challenges that are different from what a normal or regular black woman is going to go through. The first one is the communication, the language barrier. For a lot of African immigrant women that come to the U.S., some of them, English is not their first language you have French, you have all the other dialects. So there's already that challenge to access some services and resources, because one, you don't understand what has been said. Two, people claim not to understand what you are saying. I mean, that's a major challenge. Then the second one is just the the resources, you know, for a lot of African immigrant women that come to the US, you're, you're probably the first person in your family to step foot on the shore no one else and you have to build those relationships contrary to other minority women that have family ties here have friends went to college in the u.s it's it's, it's a different set of uh, challenges so that's why we're focusing primarily on that group to give them a voice a voice that haven't they haven't had that opportunity to you know to, to speak up in the past
0: So in building, it sounds like to me, an infrastructure. um, Does that with your organization include workshops or what specifically? I hear you on the let's get together and then um, give information to each other. But I'm just trying to make sure I give you the space to set out. Here are the structured activities that we do.
1: Okay. So what we do offer offer one-on-one job coaching I mean, sorry, business coaching. Sorry about that. One-on-one business coaching. I offer that. I also have women in the network that are already in business that offer that. We have, like, for example, if we, uh, an African immigrant, or minority woman trying to get to into childcare, for example, childcare services, the business of childcare, and she doesn't know how. We already have someone, have another woman in the network that is into childcare business, that has been doing it for years. So what we'll do, we'll connect both of them together and say, hey, there's there's already somebody that's doing it. You don't have to start from scratch. So when they partner, when they meet together, they get to talk, exchange ideas, and the other person like sort of leads, you know, the the new lady in the business of childcare. That's just an example among others. Yes, we have our panel discussions, we have our networking events, which is really not just getting together, to chit chat, it's really about sharing stories. We always try to get a wide group of uh, women from different backgrounds that come and be part of our panelists that just share their story about how the when you know what they struggle with, how they overcome those struggles, and what how they're doing currently with their business. One of I'll just give an example, we had uh, one of our panelists came from Philadelphia area. She's into the restaurant Yuma. And a lot of women that try again to get into restaurant, but of course the regulations are just so daunting upon them. So when she came, she's she's own restaurants in Philadelphia area, so she knows the drill. So she was able to share everything about how she struggled, especially again with the language barrier, especially again with finances. That's a big one. How to interact with banks, how to be able to get some funding from that area. So she was able to share a lot of that, you know, her experiences, her challenges, which was very encouraging for a lot of other women that were trying to get into uh, the restaurant business.
0: So as individuals are gaining this knowledge, it seems like to me one of the pillars of your organization is to ensure that the person helps someone behind them. Um, But I don't want to. So when you're looking at your organization, what what would you define as your pillars or your staples of this is the aspects that we're um, putting forward in the community?
1: Yes. Um, Well, the key, for me, one of the key, I don't want to say the tag or slogan is competition over, I'm sorry, collaboration over competition. When we had our business seminar and expo in December, uh, Camp Hill, that's what I I shared with, you know, we had close to a hundred, you know, people that were in the hall there. That's what I shared to them, that it's really all about collaboration you know we've been we've been taught or we've been indoctrinated in the past that we are each other's competition how can you an african or black woman try and try and get into business look at another african or black woman who is also into business as a competitor That doesn't make sense. She cannot be a competition. She can never be a competition. Even though maybe you are both in the braiding business and you're looking at each other across the street like you're each other's competition. No, you cannot be. Because the same challenges that one person is facing, the other person is facing the exact same challenges. We are supposed to come together to fight the system we're supposed to come together to create a space for us in the system that was never even meant for us in the first place so that's really the pillar of it let us collaborate let's keep aside this competitive spirit that you know has always been in our midst let us find ways to work together let us partner together i'm i'm always telling uh the The ladies that come to me, I should say, you might never be able to have the money. If you need 50K to start a business, I bet you don't have 50K in your account right now. You might have 10, which is okay. But then you have to look for someone else. And we are here to help you to look for someone else that maybe also has 10. So that we can all bring our resources together, our financial resources, our skill sets, you know, our, our networks together so we can create these businesses and make them sustainable. So that's really what. I'm pushing forward towards more of collaboration because I believe that it's in
0: helping each other grow, that we're going to really be able to grow individually. So how do you get your members and more so, um, especially the new people, to move to this collaboration philosophy when we're indoctrinated, (laughs) I would argue, daily? on competition. So do you think it's more of your historical roots that you're pulling from? Um I, I I would assume and I, you know, that's why I'm asking you. Um it'd kind of be a hard sell in the beginning. It it's just a hard sell. It's, it, it, it continues to be a hard sell. <laughs> you know, it hasn't stopped
1: being a hard sell. <laughs> it hasn't. You know, when you speak collaboration, everyone's just like let's partner, let's help each other. I mean, I had a case where somebody helped somebody (laughs) to start a business, you know, providing information and everything. And I was the one who connected the two women together. So when the woman got all the information she needed and her business started moving forward, she sort of or the other one felt sidetracked, you know, felt like, hey, you are not recognizing, you know, in me, you're not really appreciative of the help I have done because now the both of them are in the same industry. So now, you know, there's that invisible hand of competition that now suddenly steps in, which wasn't there in the beginning. So it's it's a daily struggle. It's a concept that needs to be, you know, we need to, we need to acknowledge it, accept it, and now start living it. And it's very difficult for women to live out that concept. But I try what I do, I try to leave it out. So to let other people know it's possible, for example, I share my network, you know, when there's an event in the community and I feel like I could go there alone, even if it's a business event where they're talking about contracts, where they're talking about funding, I'm also a business owner. I could go there alone, but I never do. There's a French saying, I'll say it in French and I'll translate it. It says, uh, Je ne mange jamais seul. It means I don't eat alone. I never eat alone. That is my slogan. I never eat alone. So when there's an opportunity out in the community, I I text people. I WhatsApp them. Hey, girl, there's this thing. They're going to be talking about contracts. they going to be talking about businesses. I need you to come. There's this private event here. I need you to come. We go as a group. Why do we do that? I could go alone, but no, I don't go alone. I don't eat alone because I'm trying to let other people know we don't have to eat alone. You don't have to sit on the table as the only black woman or African immigrant on that table. You lose your power. You don't have no power. But when you come, three, four of you, I mean, I love those events when I go three, four of these powerful African immigrant women that are into business, and you know, you're introducing them, you feel a sense of pride. You know, it's like a clan. It's like you know, you're 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 proud of your community, you're proud of your clan, you're like this person's in this business, this person is in this business. You treat it differently, as opposed to you sitting alone in an event, they're the a black person, <laughs> you know, like what is the you eating alone, what is the fun in it? You know, where is the strength in it? So that's how I try. It's a long, I know it's a long haul but like I said, I live by the example. And I try to let other people see what I'm doing. That's why I always share it so that, you know, we can start retraining our minds and saying that, hey, we are not competing with each other. I'll just give an example about the fact I'm a small business owner, right? When my business shut down, it's a day program for adults with intellectual disabilities. It shut down during the pandemic, you know, 2021 started opening up a little bit. had people that came to me wanted to go into the human service field and they came to me i was struggling to get my business back on track and they were like christine i want to find out how i can start a business like your own dr james i didn't sit there and say oh you're going to be my competitor Oh, they're not enough clients for both of us. No, I said, Hey, you want to tour my facility? Come and tour. I'm going to tell you the plus. I'm going to tell you the minuses. I'm going to tell you the challenges and everything else. And at the end, there was one lady that was like, I've never seen her before. She just met with me, She just connected with me online and came and I gave her all that information at the end. She's like, Christine, how much do I owe you? I say, you owe me nothing. She's like, wait, what? I owe you nothing. I say, you owe me nothing. I'm not doing this thing. Yes, we need money to survive, but I'm not doing this thing because of money. It's a passion. It's a calling. I believe that when we help each other, I'm helping you tomorrow. You have to help the next person and so on so that we can build that strong community of powerful, strong black and African immigrant women in our area.
0: OK, so let me go back to before <laughs> we go to your books. Um, okay. Let me step you back a minute and <laughs> Fill in the component of the next level. So they've been networking with each other. And the example that you just gave was you help the individual. So this individual moves forward. What is the expectation of the individual that you helped to be collaborating um, with you? What's that because you gave that example before that someone helps someone, then they started to kind of move forward and then they don't give reverence to. So is the expectation to give reverence or is the expectation as you gain more knowledge, you are always to look back to help someone?
1: You, it is both ways. You are always to look back to help the next person. But you're also supposed not supposed Well, the expectation is that you have to show appreciation to where to help you. <laughs> you know, to who helped you is 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 both ways. Why? Wh- and the the idea of appreciation is an idea that I know is, is is hard. You know, we live in a society. It's me, myself, and I. Yes. You know, but for for us. For us, especially that have that African roots, whether you are black woman, you know that that came through slavery in the U.S. or you came through immigration, we all have that African root that's that 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 focuses on community, that focuses on showing respect to your elders, that focuses on showing uh, uh, appreciation to whoever has helped you why do you why is that the need to do that because it it, yes it shows light to that person too because you you know you're pulling the focus from yourself to hey you know i'm here because somebody helped me but it also lets that person know that see i am happy girl because of what you did i am grateful it's just part of being human i can say so to show appreciation to say hey you know i got there because Someone else helped me. I'm just gonna give an example. I connected again. Four so women came together. Yes. And one of them actually um, gave business to another person. I didn't, well, I didn't know. I don't, I don't, I it didn't bother me. I didn't care about knowing all those details. But then the person who did the business went on social media and sort of, you know. Put a shout out to us, the non profit shout out to the event, shout out to this other business about the product she ordered and everything and i was I was sharing so immediately I reached out to the other business. I'm like, you know this is you have to when you know when someone connects you with somebody else, you have to reach out and say, Hey, Christine, thank you' I got a deal, I got an offer, I got a, you know, I got, it's not, it's not because I'm going to ask a percentage. No, it is just part of being, I don't want to say being a good person, but it's just part of building that relationship by showing up, by helping and by showing appreciation. And so then this lady was like, well, Christine, uh, she tried to minimize the, the the amount of the order. She was like, it wasn't really a big order, Christine. You know, I would have reached out if it was a big order. I would have done a shout out. I was like, no, it's not about the money. It's not about the amount. The thing is, you got connected. Somebody connected you, somebody else. Even if she bought one thing for a dollar, you don't know. She put a shout out on LinkedIn, on Facebook. That's what, you know, that's what hundreds of dollars, You don't know from that shout out. What other orders are you going to get? So part of it is is just reaching out and saying, hey, Christine, just an FYI, I got that contract. I got that order. Thank you. Deal. Done deal. That is how we build our relationships. We help and we show appreciation.
0: Okay, Um, because it's only the 30 minutes. So unfortunately, I'm going to shift you just a little bit. And then let's talk about your three books. So um, it's probably helpful to go in descending order of each product. So why don't you tell me about the first one?
1: Yes. Okay. So the first book is how I discovered my purpose. I had that book written and published uh, 2020, right? <laughs> you know, in the peak of the, in the peak of the pandemic. Yeah, and COVID it, reality. <laughs> it, it was a tough journey uh, writing that book in the pandemic about purpose, you know, because we were all at that time, we didn't know, are we going out of this pandemic? Is this what's gonna take the world out? Like what is happening? So I had to really, it was, a, it was a battle with my own fate. You know, like I mentioned, my business was shut down. I didn't know left or right, what am I doing? But yeah, God was leading me to write a book on purpose. But I, I wrote that book as an encouragement to everyone who is out there thinking about what life is all about. Ultimately, it's about purpose. You know, I, I keep I keep telling people I'm living my purpose. What I'm doing is my purpose. You know, it's what is the assignment I have. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me fulfilled. I believe that that's the only way we really make sense out of this world we're living in. That's the real only way we get fulfilled by when just by discovering. That unique assignment we have, that unique, you know, by channeling our gifts and our resources and everything that makes us who we are into that one purpose. And so that's what I share in that book. And I've been getting, you know, positive, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of positive uh, review. A lot of people that are really questioning, you know, what your purpose is, questioning why they are in this world, questioning, you know, what else is there. I remember uh based on your connection, Dr. James. You know, I'm showing sure appreciation. You connected me with Penn State. And I think three times there I went and I you know did a little presentation and I was telling some of the students the ones that you know, purpose, not about money. And they were just looking at me like, uh, Christine, how do we pay our bills? I'm like, no, you can do a side job. You can do a side gig, something, but that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not tied with uh, money. If you make money through your purpose, Hey, that's good. But your purpose is about service. It's about you pouring out yourself to a project, to somebody, to your community and leaving that legacy behind and hopefully, that's what I'm trying to communicate in my book. The second book is... Before you go a, to
0: the second book, let me sorry. ask a question. Yeah. Okay, so okay. in determining your purpose and tying it to this conversation and us, how does that play out in being justice for women? Because part of, I, I think, what's fantastic about your organization is you're providing people with an infrastructure, but I would question and determining their purpose and kind of if I want to go in a restaurant or whatever business they're deciding to go into justice is is that justice piece always there and if it's not how do you counter that
1: well your, your purpose definitely there's a justice piece tied to it because we like for a lot of this African immigrant women and a lot of us that know migrated into the u.s we only think about it as you know i'm just here to make a dollar i'm just here to you know get money i'm just here to to live for myself you know take care of my family and things like that but for a lot of us we're not aware that we are faced with challenges that's already ingrained in the system whether you like it or not i always like telling people that when uh especially when we have like somebody's from Nigeria, somebody's from Cameroon, somebody's from Togo. We come to America. and We sort of like looking at each other. We're like, oh, no, that's not my brother. I have to go ahead of them. I always tell people when the cops stop you on the road, nobody's asking. You're Black, period. They might get an accent. I know, maybe you're African, but nobody has asked you which part of Africa you're from, you know, when you're getting discriminated against, nobody's asking you, are you from Cameroon or are you like from the north, the northwestern region of Cameroon? Are you from the central province? Nobody asks that question. You are being treated based on your color, based on your origin, period. So that's why we need each other that's why we cannot be looking at each other as if we competition that's why we need each other to work with each other to let our voices to be heard so we can start countering some of these issues in the system that are against us and that is part of purpose to realize that you came to this country not for me myself and i but you came To leave a legacy you came also to have your voice being heard because you've been you 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 know you're faced with the same issues you also came to have your voice to be heard so that your children don't get to face the same things that you're facing today i always tell people i'm like forget about everything we're having children here my daughter is 14 she's never made her way to cameroon she will never live in cameroon and it's the same for multiple of, I mean 90% plus of all immigrants here, our children are never ever going to go live in Africa. This is their newfound home. So what we do today to counter some of these effects in the system has a repercussion for the future. You don't want your child to be faced with the same discrimination that you are being faced with now because you didn't have the courage to do anything about it. You don't go out to vote. You don't change the system in your in your school district, in your county. Tomorrow, your child is going to be faced with the same challenges. What have you done? What are you doing? That's where purpose comes into place, to realize that I am living today not for myself, but for the next generation.
0: All right, so let's go to the next book. So your next book is three sixty five yes, three sixty five days of Purpose. It's more a devotional
1: journal that uh, runs for three sixty five days where it's mostly targeted out towards teenagers that you know can help them you know start little those little steps, those little directions and how to to discover their purpose so that they are equipped. You know, once they hit adulthood, they don't get confused
0: about why they are on this earth and what they're supposed to be doing. So why did you target that one to teens versus, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted to give you space for that. <laughs> oh
1: my God. I didn't. To tell you truth, I didn't. But what happened was that. I started sharing, you know, I was given this book around a promotion and people started reading it and, you know, yeah, people say, you know what, I'm going to give it to my, my child. I think my child needs it. I'm going to give it to this. I'm going to give, it. you know, do we, do we, do we sharing it to the children. And then I started thinking, you know, you have to be sensitive, like they say, you have to be sensitive, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be, even though the book was created for the general population, you have to go with the move and see what, you know, what is going on. And so that's how I started targeting it to that population. And just to put in there, I don't know, it might offend some of your viewers, but I went the other day to, I went once a while back to do my hair. This is my African sister. And we were talking, she has a two-year-old daughter who is non-verbal. And she said, Christine, we went to a free, you know, where they were distributing books for free. And she said, the book that gave my daughter, I was like, whoa, what is this? It was a book uh, promoting alternative parenthood, alternative, you know, sexuality. And amazingly enough, it was a book with two couples, black, and two male couples, black, and uh, white. And they had a daughter, black you know, being shared in a black neighborhood. I mean, I was like, whoa, it was written by a white woman. I was like, wow, to be sharing books like this on for two-year-olds. And I had a box, boxes of my devotional in my living room. I said, I said, Christine, is it $25 or how many, $15 that you're after? So I, the next day I sent out an email to Salvation, local Salvation Army here. I said, hey, you have a school program there for students. They were like, yeah, I said, I got books for you. I got emotional because I said to myself, "No, this is purpose. This is not about money. If if they are sharing books about different, I mean, you might agree or disagree with me, but I'm saying what I'm saying. To two-year-olds, then I cannot be sitting in my house." with my book on purpose lying down there. So I've been literally that second book. I've not made no profit on it. I called Salvation Army. I gave some I donated some to Nativity School here in having in greater Habsburg area. That's what I've been doing with that book. And it's been geared towards children because I believe that we have to create some sort of balance. We can see it and, and, and let some other type of information be pushed to our children when we have or, you know, we have vital information so that can be targeted towards them.
0: And I want to make sure that I'm I'm putting out in um, this segment that with any type of book, um, we just want to make sure that we're creating space for a variety of voices. So it sounds like, toward within your interpretation of the situation you wanted to make sure that a variety of voices are heard um, not making any judgment on uh, one topic versus another Mm -hmm. topic Um, Mm -hmm. and again Mm -hmm. just creating the platform especially Mm -hmm. with our platform to say we're not passing any judgment on any type Mm -hmm. of book that's offered but just making Mm -hmm. sure that there's a variety okay so tell me about your last book
1: Yes, yes, yes. Just as good as you mentioned about creating, you know, platform for all voices. Yes. And that's the title really of my third book, Our Voices, which is uh, about stories, stories Um, back home. Some of the stories I experienced, some of the stories, you know, I experienced here in the U.S. Not only my story, but um, stories of other people. You know, it's it's poetry, short stories, but it goes deeper than that. It tackles on, on immigration, some of the struggles that, um, African, you know, face when they come here, they're leaving the family back home. Some of them are leaving, you know, husbands, wives come for better life here. We uh, talks about abuse, it talks about uh, questions of faith, it talks about um domestic violence, it talk about drug addiction. I mean, it's a really deep book it's not only uh it's not my story i know a lot of times when i've read some of those poems and short stories someone will always asked me did you did you experience this and i'm like no i didn't experience that but i'm in the privileged position where i come across a lot of people that have got a lot a lot gone through a lot of uh, challenges and issues in their lives. And so I use our voices as a way of having those stories out there, not to pinpoint, uh, someone or to, to accuse someone of no, not, uh, not, not to really showcase uh, what they did, but to bring out, put it out there, you know, to let everyone know that we, we all the same, right. We have the same struggles. We have the same difficulties, no matter the color of our skin, no matter where our origin and the whole Hope or the whole goal of that book is not only to have our voices being heard, but also to create a sense a sense of empathy, symp- sympathy among ourselves, that we know that we're we, we all in this together. We're all in this life together, and it's all about giving each other an opportunity to flourish, to be fulfilled.
0: Okay, all right. We are getting close to time, unfortunately. All right, so Mm -hmm. I always try to give our guests some space in which they can uh, give us some next steps. So what do you feel, especially with your nonprofit and and your books and kind of pulling everything together, what do you feel should be our next steps in empowering women and ensuring that they have justice?
1: Uh, Our next steps... I think it's all it's all about like what you're doing, you know, given the platforms, all about creating that uh, platform for women to be able to, you know, speak about themselves, share their stories, to be able to encourage and empower other other women. You know, yeah, there's a saying that what what is in the dark grows, but once you put it in the light, you know. So I think it's, it's that's that's the goal. That's the next step. It's all about bringing things that we're shoveled in the dark to the light so that we all can see what's going on. And if something is not right, we fix it. Uh, with my nonprofit, we, I just came from Kigali, Rwanda, where we had an Emerge, our first international Emerge her conference. We, we went there and had an amazing time with the youths in that country, some of them from different parts of East Africa. And it was eye-opening for me because I said, this is another image about Africa that we don't know. You know, there's a youth there that is hungry for knowledge, that is hungry to, uh, um, to be able to use that knowledge, to create things, to be innovative. Again, it's all about this platform. It's all about bringing to light those things that were
0: in the dark before. All right. Okay. Thank you. I, it go the 30 minutes go so fast. <laughs> it it really does. And I'm always like, ah, I got like 50 more questions. Okay. But again, thank you so very much. Can you say your three books again cuz we want to make sure that they go out and everyone make sure you go out to purchase them.
1: Okay, so if, I don't know if it was on Amazon, it's easy, You can Google the author name Christine Titi, T-I-T-I-H, or you can Google with the individual names of the books. We have Our Voices, again, by Christine Titi. We have 365 Days of Purpose, a devotional and a journal. And then we have the last one, Our Voices.
0: All right. Thank you so very thank much you, again. Thank
1: you.
0: Yes. So thank you. Allow me to amplify the powerful message our guests shared and gently nudge you to embark on an incredible journey of self-investment and specifically focusing on your purpose. And don't forget to mark your calendar because a treasure trove of inspiration awaits you every Thursday through our captivating mail-in list. It'll unveil a map of events for the upcoming months. This week's gem is your guide and update to current events. Ready to stay connected? Catch me on LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, where we'll continue this conversation and foster a community of growth and positivity. Your journey to self-improvement and connection starts right here. Have a great day.